Hello and welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined by two different people. What's going on here? I'm joined here by Evan. Hello, Internet. Hello, Internets. And I'm joined here by Mike. What's up? Mike. All right. Mike has been... Uh, I've been tagging him along uh, here at PAX East. He's the video guy. He's doing a lot of the editing. So thank you again for doing that. Mike, and the video guy. The video guy. That's it. That's, that, <laughs> we're going to put that in the lower thirds. Yep. The video guy. Uh, so PAX East is wrapping up here. Uh, we've been doing a lot of stuff here for, for the site. Uh, so we have a lot of content coming up. Um, but it's coming too close. Uh, we played a lot of really, really cool games. Uh, talked to a lot of interesting people. Uh, so basically, that's what we're going to be talking about now. Um, Evan, you've had a lot of interviews. Uh, quite I've a number. Spoken to a number of people. Yes. Okay. Now, um, what was your biggest um, surprise here for PAX? Biggest surprise? Uh, definitely getting a chance to speak with the creative director of Hindsight 2020, which again is not really a game that we've covered all that much on our website. But I've been, uh, you know, kind of looking at it for a while, and on the surface, it seems pretty straightforward. I mean, it's a combat system that has moral effects on the entirety of the game. Okay. Um, and you know, you think about role-playing, well, I mean, you think about a lot of action-adventure games, right? And, you know, you've got your neutral ending, your uh, kill kittens ending that's super <laughs> evil, and then you've got your pacifist route where, you know, everything is sunshine and rainbows, and that's probably the canon ending, right? But uh, really what the creative director was telling me was that the first thing that they did with the game was they developed this engine that tracks every single combat decision that you make throughout wow. the entirety of the game. And it trickles down into one of five endings that you can get for the game. Okay. And that's not including there are some kind of earlier points where you can kind of end your entire playthrough. So that's a total of nine endings throughout the entire game. Holy cow. Which is pretty impressive. I was pretty blown away by that uh, info. But uh, also just hearing um, about his creative vision for the game and really where they want to take the trajectory because... You know, they've been talking a little bit about, you know, if this is successful, we've got um, kind of like Path of the Hero. If you're you know familiar with Breath of the Wild, you right. can track your progress. They've got that, but for every combat decision that you make throughout <laughs> really? the game. Really? So you can track all that like uh, via yeah. map? Or? Yeah. Well, they, right. So they have like your playthrough and you can see, you can chart kind of where your choices are. Wow. Affecting. It's really that finely grained. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and they're saying like, you know, if this is successful, we'd love to take that. And we'd love to like Balder, uh, well, not Balder's Gate. Um, what's the uh, that strategy RPG? Um, Fire Emblem. No. <laughs> well, I mean that strategy RPG. No, um, Banner Saga. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they want to do the whole track progress across multiple playthrough or R multiple games. Games, right? Right. So your your ending for the first game might, you know, maybe then change. The, the character that you play as or wow. the original character from the first game appearing in your in the next in the sequel and things like that. Banner so. Saga does do that. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. So um is it that type of game though? Or what kind of, what kind of game are we or is it? So it is an action adventure. That's how they describe okay. it. Um you have a lot of missions taking place in a, you know, semi open world town. And again, what they're saying is you've got these two weapons. You've got like an electric baton and you've got this fire sword, right? And you can switch between them, uh, you know, at any point. And what they're saying is that, you know, if you use the fire sword to kill a whole bunch of people, your, uh, your reputation in the town changes, right? 
Um, so, you know, because you're living in a town where they're very much pacifists, right? But um, they're also kind of hypocrites, too, because there's, like, these demons who are entering <laughs> in from another, you know, realm, and they're like, oh, well, kill those guys, but, you know, you can't kill just normal people, right? right, right. right? Um, but so you have these really, you know, fascinating mechanics where, yes, you know, the people, you'll see the population of the town increase if you kill fewer people. Mm -hmm. um, you'll see them attack you, but then, you know, it, it gets even more granular. For example, you've got this mission, right, where you need to kill or spare the sheriff of this town, right? Um, and when I say sheriff, you know, your mind might jump to, you know, uh, westerns, uh, spaghetti westerns or things like that, but the game um, really does have a very sort of uh, Hindi vibe to it, okay. and uh, that's not the only you know uh, game that I've seen even during this PAX that has like you know Indian culture in integrated into it. But it's got a very unique art style. So there's this mission where you have to you know uh, pretty much disarm this sheriff, but he's also trying to talk one of your best friends into jumping off a building. Right, and so the thing is, if you take the pacifist route, it might be harder for you to incapacitate the sheriff so that you can then talk your own friend away from the ledge. Right. Um, but if you don't take the pacifist route, right, and you kill the sheriff, you might get up to your friend, and then there's even dialogue options too, where you can maybe pick the wrong answers and he jumps anyway. Right. Um, but then there's one more aspect, which is, okay, you take the pacifist route, you don't kill the sheriff, but then later in the game, he might come back as a buffed boss, oh, right? No. <laughs> so you've got, and, and again, the creative director is like, I'm this kind of person who's a perfectionist. I obsess over every single choice I make. And I'm like, oh, great. You've made this game that will essentially drive you insane, <laughs> right? Um, but it really, it seems like such a cool way of, because you, you've got combat as this central focus that trickles down into all the role playing you do throughout the game, mm -hmm. which is really cool. And that's something that, you know, when we talk about role playing, we're often talking about character progression and things like that. This is a game where you're definitely role playing um, through a, a specific mechanic, but it's it's really having an impact on all the other systems in the game. Right, right. Now, um, I think Johnny is actually playing a game like that for the 3DS. Radi is it Radiant Historia? Radiant Historia is uh, it's more of a classic RPG. Yeah, okay. Um, it reminds me of that uh, because of the branching narratives, the branching timelines. But definitely. in Radiant Historia, you can actually go back in time right. where you've made a decision and play it differently and play a completely different game. And it sounds like it's similar in that aspect. Similar, yeah. Although I will say, you know, he the, the creative director said to me that, you know, you're going to play through this game multiple times and you'll notice that depending on the choices you make uh, across those playthroughs, you might be at the same place in the game during multiple playthroughs, and you'll see that things are different. So I don't really think there's any sort of time-traveling mechanics, right, right, right. but um, you definitely will see changes across the entirety of your playthrough. And in that way, I hope, personally, that we get a sort of Twitter-ish, um, well, a sort of social media aspect with this game, in the vein of like Breath of the Wild, where you know a lot of people were just going on a Twitter and being like, "Hey, check out this ridiculous thing that I did," mm -hmm. or you know, look at how this choice affected uh, my gameplay in right. some way. And so that's like the ideal. Um, again, you know, this is a game that I feel like not a lot of people have heard about, 
but it did win uh, a Best in Show award at DreamHack. Okay. And that was like one of the first times that, you know, a lot of the media were even getting a hands-on, you know, impression right. of it. So I'm hoping that it, it starts to generate a little bit more noise because it really is a very, you know, fascinating experiment. And I want to see where it goes. I certainly hadn't hadn't heard of it until you, you brought it up. So right. the, consider yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the job is, uh, is done now. Uh, currently, this is only out on Steam or that's the... What's so that's another thing is? too. So hindsight 2020 uh, might not be coming out in 2020, actually. <laughs> um, they're aiming for a quarter three... Uh, 2020 release uh, across multiple platforms and uh, again i'm not really sure where consoles are, are fitting into that but okay. um but again you know they are demo demoing it right now and it, it looks near to completion um they released uh there's a pax exclusive trailer so only people who are here are going to be able to see this trailer and they say that they're going to share this trailer so unfortunately we can't share it but mm -hmm. um they're going to show this trailer when they announce the release date. So oh, wow. I'm assuming that probably if they've soon. got this, yeah. then they should probably be announcing that pretty soon. Excellent. Now, um, you, sir, you've been here following me along. What is your um, biggest takeaway, biggest kind of more surprise um, for PAX here? Oh, God. Biggest surprise? Uh, I didn't even know Maneater existed <laughs> until I came here. Until and we, I, we walked by that booth and saw, like, the trailer and stuff. And I was You're like, right. wow, this game is insane yeah it looks absolutely bonkers. i had no idea i needed this game <clears throat> but i do need it and and like just standing there as we were kind of getting ready uh to uh interview the uh president there yep. he um like people would just stand there just watching like, everyone had the same reaction like they wow by, i like, didn't what i didn't know this? i needed this yeah. like it, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, like everyone was just going absolutely nuts about it i think that sh that man eater showed up on like some sort of nindy or, or Nintendo Direct, something that they had. Definitely. And is that a Devolver game? It is not a Devolver game. Because ah, um, I was going to say, it's like such a Devolver-ass like concept. You know, they're, they're all about balls-to-the-wall sorts of games. And that's, I mean, Maneater kind of is, is just so much that. Yeah. But it's also but, a really deep RPG. Right. Like, it Works. looks ridiculous, and it's insane, but it's also pretty deep. There yeah. are a lot of insane RPG mechanics in that yeah, game. Yeah, they were, they were kind of going over a lot of the stuff as, as we were playing. Yeah. And um, you can, like, as you're eating other things, they, they provide you different nutrients, and those nutrients kind of determine how your character grows. So if you're eating a lot of catfish or turtles or whatever, it, it will change in how your body actually adapts or yeah, evolves. Or grows, evolves, because yeah. you actually start off as a tiny baby shark. Mm -hmm. And then as you eat, you progressively get bigger and bigger and grow older. And again, depending on what you eat will depend on how your body uh, changes. Yeah, it's a mix of like a leveling system and an like actual evolving system. Because you don't get equipment. Mm -hmm. You just upgrade your shark and he can either have like a bone evolution where it's just balls to the walls, attack, damage, or he can gain like um, this like shock thing where it's more for stunning enemies. Mm -hmm. And then there's one called Shadow where he's more like a vampire, where he like sucks more of the nutrients out of people, right. and he's more stealthy. Yeah, one one of the um, one of the ad adaptations were like depending on what you were eating, you'd grow like kind of bony body armor, mm -hmm. uh, so you'd get more <clears throat> defensive. You know, the concept reminds me of, and you know, I am not sure if I'm getting the name right, but I'm pretty sure uh, Evo Path to Eden or something like that. Oh, that was um, here last year, wasn't it? 
I well, I, I, I I'm talking about a Genesis game. Actually. Oh, this is a, this is a so long time ago. It was not here. No, last definitely day. not. But um, this was an old Genesis game where you start as like a single cell organism, and you're tasked by Gaia to like prevent I don't know the dinosaurs from taking over Earth or something like that. But you grow from this you know single cell organism into uh, first, you know, in your, you know, aquatic biome and there, there is, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, oh, I eat this enemy and then I upgrade into this kind of animal, okay. but it seems a lot more, uh, granular and man eater, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I would think in the Genesis days that, you know, you really can't get that in depth in, in some, definitely. in some things. Definitely. Um, but man eater definitely was a surprise. No, I do remember seeing it and I'm like, this, there's no way this is an RPG because the trailer doesn't yeah. really show well, it. When we were driving here, you're like, did you see that game man eater? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And you're like, it's an RPG where you're a shark and you just eat people. Right. And I'm like, how, how can that even, how can that be an RPG? It yeah. doesn't even make sense. And, and the way they describe the combat is more like aerial combat, kind of like dog fighting. Yeah. Um, in the way, so if you're fighting against an alligator, okay, you would you would um, change your tactics and learn the enemy's movements, which mm. is why they call it Shark Souls, where you're <laughs> right. where you, well, you got to learn the enemy's animations and kind of go from there. You got to learn when the enemy's uh, vulnerable and and attack and dodge and, and all that stuff. And all it's those... kind of cool where how like different locations that you go to have um, bosses dedicated to that spot. Right, <clears throat> like an apex predator is there and you need to take over. Right. So will I be fighting any bears? You can actually grow uh, an adaptation, they did say, where you can uh, prolong your uh, time out of water. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm definitely interested in that. Shark versus So it, it is a possibility. I don't know if a bear exists, but you can <laughs> potentially go on the beach. I mean, we're talking about man-eaters here. So, you know, a bear could be around there somewhere. But, it's it's uh, a possibility because when you first actually start the game, um, you're again, you're a pup. You're a smaller, smaller shark. You're actually in freshwater, uh, bull sharks. I'm kind of a marine um, enthusiast, I guess you mm -hmm. could say. Uh, bull sharks tend to be in fresh water, and you start. They start off in Louisiana mm -hmm. as a bull pup, and um, you're attacking alligators. So there are other um, man eaters there as well. So if you continue to eat the alligator's main source of food, which is catfish, that lures out. The, mm. their main boss cool so there's some ecosystem you know sort of interactions as well going mm -hmm. on here that's mm -hmm. pretty neat yeah yeah you know it's I, a cool game yeah <laughs> I, I mean again i also remember seeing it uh and yeah i'm pretty sure it was on like an indie yeah. sort of feature or something like that and again the the way that it was presented was kind of like oh this is a kooky shark sim game right, right. and i was like oh that's cool I well mean, it had that like you said digital devolver yeah. kind of like mm -hmm. uh tone to it definitely yeah. yeah but uh but hearing about you know a lot of this progression stuff makes me much more curious about yeah. the game for it, sure. was, it was definitely a lot deeper than i thought it was uh, that's uh, for yeah. sure. when he started explaining it i was like wow yeah <laughs> it's a lot of stats and stuff that you yeah. can upgrade and it visually nuts. like it looks really, really cool. Like you're, a lot of people don't get really. Get, you don't really get to see what's on the water, other than when it's on TV or whatever. Um, but like some of the the environmental designs mm -hmm. underwater was really, really interesting and intricate too in some of those areas. Yeah. So my question is, you know, usual RPG progression is start, you know, small town, end up killing God. 
So are we going to eventually fight Cthulhu? Because that's like the sea equivalent <laughs> of God. I, I don't think we're going to fight Cthulhu Poseidon, or, perhaps. or Aquaman or wow, any man. of those. There is a, an, um, an overarching villain. Oh. Um, he is a uh, kind of a shark hunter. Ah. And, and that's mm. that might be your, your boss. He's a human. So the, <laughs> the most dangerous game, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Again, I'm into it. Yeah, it was, it was really, really interesting. So, yeah. Um, my, uh, thanks, thanks for asking guys. Um, my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> was, uh, my biggest surprise was actually Genshin Impact. Oh, um, well, of course. I yeah. Mean, well, I mean, because of the, the kind of like, I guess you could call it bad publicity that they got. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and initially it was actually their doing because they, they had an initial trailer and yes, it definitely looked like it was heavily inspired by Breath of the Wild. Um, and they, they don't deny that. Uh, they don't. Yeah. They, I mean, you can't really. Deny they pretty it. much wear it on their sleeve. Yeah, yeah, you can't deny it. But I, th I think what what Genshin Impact does is kind of you know it takes what Breath of the Wild really did well and it kind of multiplies that. It kind of adds on to it. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's uh, magic uh, mechanics uh, involved in Genshin Impact, and the way they described it was a game that really resonates with me is uh, Divinity: Original Sin Two, um, where uh, you could uh, potentially. Uh, he brought up some examples where he would light the grass on fire mm. and then um, change character and then use a wind character and blow that fire everywhere and kind of surround himself with fire. Any enemies coming in, they're going to get lit up. So that environmental change and it, it is it really, like I said, it really uh, touches on that Divinity Original Sin 2 thing. Yeah, and so what you're talking about, you know, a lot of people uh, who might be familiar with, like, Mark Brown's, you know, Game Maker's Toolkit sort of videos and things like that, he talks a lot about systemic games, mm -hmm. right, which are these games mm -hmm. that utilize or have a system, and the developers essentially say, all right, what can we do to make sure that this system is, you know, interactive with almost everything else? And really, you know, again, you know, I was watching one of the first uh, gameplay vids that was posted on our Discord. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, one of the first things that happens is the character is by this river and switches to this other, you know, rapier-style uh, fighter. And he uses an ice attack and freezes the water. And right. it creates, like, a small bridge. And he walks out onto the water. And I'm like, yes, I want it. <laughs> Sign me up. Because I love environmental interaction you know systems like that mm -hmm. and i actually did also get to see a uh an unannounced action rpg um from super.com uh that uses a lot of sort of systemic elements as well and i can't talk too much about it but it's definitely something that like genshin impact my interest is much more uh, heightened now that I see, okay, the developers are really trying to implement these systems in a variety of different ways. Right. Um, so, I mean, and it's, you know, it's, it's crazy because even on the floor, you know, like there, you know, Genshin's got this big, uh, you know, sign and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, when I first come in, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I can understand like, they're, they've probably got a lot of marketing or something like that. But then I go over to the booth and they've got so many setups mm -hmm. there. And so many people are, are standing there for like 15, 20 minutes just wanting to experiment with these systems because mm -hmm. it's a really cool looking game. It yeah. really is. Um, now, I'm curious to see, you know, different environments because a lot of the gameplay that I was seeing was very much... Um, eh, 
I don't want to say great plateauish, right, but right, right. very much greenery. And, Plains. Yeah. And so I, I want to see where else we can go. But, you know, if they are delivering on that promise of, you know, iterating on Breath of the Wild, I think that this is a game that everybody should be looking out for for a multitude of reasons. Because mm-hmm. as you even said to me earlier, right. this is free? Yeah, it's a free it's a free to play and I was gonna say that. It's a free to play game. When when um when they told me that, I was I was I didn't know that and I was like, wait, wait, this is a free to play game? Like how are like you guys should be charging like it should be a full full price game in my opinion. For sure. It, it looked- he said that to you and I was like I couldn't really hear because I was filming kinda a little far away. And I was like, Did he just say it's a free to play game? He's like, Yeah. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, it, it and the the game is is really really deep is ter- in terms of gameplay so they're continuing they're going to continue to support this game for a while it seems yeah and that makes me wonder you know are we going to have some sort of uh games as a service uh pay-ins that we'll have down the line because again with a game of this quality even just from what i've seen on the on the show floor and, and things like that and from trailers i would be willing to pay money to support this game. Sure. Because it's that impressive. And, you know, when we say Breath of the Wild, obviously in terms of systems, but also in terms of visuals, the right. animations are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I was going to say effects. the character animations and like the, the fighting looks yeah. insane. And even, you know, I think this build now finally has English voice acting too. It does. Yeah, which is really impressive. Yep. It has uh, Eng- English voice acting. Now, they did say that they, they're possibly going to be supporting the game via microtransactions. Um, but it's a single player experience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it reminds me a little bit of what, uh, shadows of war did where you can kind of, you can speed up the game mm-hmm. if you want to. I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm not for that myself yeah. cause I would never want to ruin the experience for that. I'd want to progressively, you know, c- complete the game. Of course. Um, but, uh, they, they are going to implement that sort of mechanic. And, uh, yeah, they just said this is going to be sort of like a games as a service where they just continue to expand upon it, expand upon it. He said this game is going to be just a massive game. Like, he couldn't even quantify, like, a game time. He just said they're just they're, it's, it's probably never going to end. They're just going to keep doing it. Uh, they did mention kind of Great Plateau issue. He did mention different environments. Mm-hmm. Um so uh, it'll be similar in what Breath of the Wild does there. Uh, but one thing that Breath of the Wild lacks that this will also have Genshin Impact is town, uh, bigger towns, cities. Yeah. Uh, so the scale is a little bit bigger, I think, um, mm-hmm. here. Uh, it's going to have more NPCs, more interaction with you know the environment and all that stuff. So, um, And I mean, that being said, here's hoping that Breath of the Wild 2 might have some more of those elements <laughs> right, as right. well. But uh, you know, if that doesn't and you're left wanting more, I mean, Genshin Impact really does seem like the game. It'll I mean, fit it, that. it is one of the games that walking away from this PAX, I feel like if not a lot of people are talking about this already, they should be mm-hmm. because it had a great showing. Yeah. And he did mention, you know, I did ask him about the uh, the kind of the negative uh, feedback that they had gotten regarding Breath of the Wild. And, and they, they in themselves, they hold Breath of the Wild on a pedestal. Um, they have no... They, on a plateau. On a I plateau. Say. My apologies. And... Um, oh, geez. What was I going to say? Um, negative feedback. Oh, yes. Negative feedback. Um, and they say that's mostly a an Asian thing, that when they come here to the Western market, they don't see any of that. It, it's more of like... I think it was... Uh, uh, 
uh, I forget what conference it was where most of that negative negativity was. It was a China joy or a Japanese joy or something for of that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was called. Um, but uh, most of it is is the the Asian market that is really kind of almost offended that you know there's this clone or whatever. I don't consider it a clone, but definitely Breath of the Wild inspired. Mm. That's what I'll say. Yeah, and I find that surprising considering you know this uh, that market is very much dedicated to or the developers in that market you know tend to make a number of products that are very much like one another <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, perhaps in a series as well mm-hmm. um, but you know I also think that the western mentality you know towards a lot of games and things like that um, you know when you talk about Shadow of Mortar um, or you know Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. um, you know we have a, a pretty well-realized idea of what an open world game should look like and so really it's about okay what new mechanics are being introduced that enhance this experience and if we see a game like Breath of the Wild which received you know a wide amount of critical acclaim we see that being iterated upon in ways that perhaps you know that initial release which was great could have you know definitely improved in in some areas sure. why wouldn't be why wouldn't we be excited for that right I, I totally totally agree um in terms of anything else at pax that caught your eye uh any any thoughts um uh, baldur's gate um is definitely uh something that's right up my alley again with divinity original sin uh two and larian studios behind baldur's gate this is just i decided it, to build a gaming pc just for baldur's gate 3 <laughs> That game is going to blow my mind. Yeah. I mean, me and you are like huge Divinity fans, and mm. it looks like, I mean, there are some complaints that it looks too much like Divinity, but you know, Divinity was really good, and the game should look like Divinity. Right. They hired Larian Studios for that because of Divinity. So it, it makes sense that the game is Divinity esque, but there's still a, a lot of new stuff. Mm hmm that divinity did yeah there, there's tons of new stuff there's a lot of uh, a lot more D&D, D&D. yeah a lot of D integration with mm-hmm. it you know they had like the dice rolling and yeah um kinda... all the percentages are based off of like character stats and skills mm-hmm. that would be calculated through you know doing mm-hmm. math on a piece of paper right and they didn't show it in the demo that they had the live demo um but on on uh, another demo that mm-hmm. we saw you can actually hover over the interactions kind of what's what's happened and that's the stuff. Is it called a status or is, whatever it is? Yeah. Whatever. Activity log or something. Yeah, log. some sort of yeah, activity yeah, yeah. log. And and when you hover over that, it actually breaks it down. So it breaks down the stats like dexterity modified this or whatever. Yeah. So it actually gets even more. It'll say like your dexterity plus two and then your base attack bonus and then everything else. You know, goes into what how it calculated, how it calculated that. But all that is done, again, behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. You don't have to worry about it. I mean, that's something that as as a fan of, of role-playing games and, you know, as someone who's played a lot of Japanese RPGs, you know, there's eventually this scaling of, of damage and things like that, mm-hmm. that kind of you, you become kind of separated from really the, the sort of 
statistics that are factoring into that, mm-hmm. that sort of calculation. And so having a feature like that is very welcome and it, it keeps the gameplay really tangible to you, which mm-hmm. again, if you're a fan of tabletop stuff, like you, you guys mm-hmm. are, yeah. and, and I am too, you know, yeah, you definitely want to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the whole reason why we have character sheets and, and, and all, all of that stuff. Now the biggest, again, the biggest complaint are from Baldur's Gate fans um, I will fight any Baldur's Gate fan over this game. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not fighting. Um, are from Baldur's Gate fans, and and those are the CRPG. Uh, I consider them the CRPG crowd, and mm-hmm. myself, I consider CRPGs kind of an antiquated uh, way of playing games. To yeah. be honest, I, I'm not a fan of them. Um, I don't consider Divinity: Original Sin two a uh, CRPG kind of in the classic right. sense. It's more of a um, strategy um, type of type of game mm-hmm. and 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 again the backlash you're seeing are from these the hardcore boulders gate fans they essentially they want a clone of their game the yeah. divinity guys want kind of their thing um i think it's a good mix though i think i'm so, too. so happy they didn't go with original boulders gate like combat like i that. wouldn't have been i know, wouldn't have gotten the game i wouldn't yeah i, mean, I definitely wouldn't you know i find it funny that uh <laughs> that Baldur's Gate fans should be upset by this because Baldur's Gate is inspired by D&D, which it seems like Baldur's Gate 3 is kind of embracing a little bit more, the more of the, more of the, yeah, the, the tabletop there. aspect. So if anything, you know, Baldur's Gate fans, cool your jets. Yeah. You know, let us D&D fans be kind of excited about sure. this. Sure, exactly. And they've literally only showed like an hour. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't even it's been like much. right past the tutorial. Right. There, there, there isn't much, uh, in terms of gameplay. Uh, another complaint I've seen is the environments are too bright. Uh, should, everything should be darker and kind of grim. Uh, have I thought that the dungeon looked pretty dark, but listen, we've only seen an hour of the game. This is going to be a massive, yeah, be massive huge. game. So there's gotta be some ver- variety there. Yeah, I'm not sure if anybody saw the pictures of the booth, but there's like literally an eldritch abomination standing outside of it. Uh-huh. So I'm pretty sure things are going to get darker. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, things will get darker. But yeah. um, I'm so I'm, I'm very excited. for that Yeah. Game. And I won't be building a PC rig <laughs> for this, uh, but I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you are now. Um, what about for any disappointments? Well, I mean, what really has disappointed me is the amount of floor space dedicated to Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> and for all you Animal Crossing fans, I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Yeah, it's, not the biggest fan. It's it's not a joke. I'm not an Animal Crossing fan either. I I, I think it's got the it's got the niche for them. Um, it's 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 a very relaxing game. I'm just it's just too much work. It's kind of not my not my thing. Well, I mean, but. If there is one thing that I that I would take away from this as kind of a disappointment is the lack of showing that Nintendo has. That's actually here. what I was going to say is um, they even beforehand, they were very, very quiet as to what they were going to show. Yeah. I assumed Animal Crossing, but I just assumed more than Animal yeah. Crossing. Not just, you know, taking photos with Isabel and K.K. Slider. <laughs> or uh, Tom. Tom Tom Nook. Uh, I'm not even sure if he's there. I I have no idea. I don't know these. Characters. Sorry guys, I'm not into the Animal Crossing lore. But whatever, it's it's not an RPG, so we're <laughs> we're pushing away from the from the table there. Right. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm just surprised to see. Right, we've got um, there's a demo when when you first enter the venue for Pokemon Sword and Shield, which you know, whatever. Honestly, like. And again, I don't know how much progress they've made on the expansion 
packs to okay. that game. But if you were to show that off, I'm sure that many more people would be swarming those mm -hmm. Pokemon uh, demo booths. But then you've got you know so many uh, indies here who are who have Switch setups who are saying, oh, play the game on Switch. Um, I'm kind of surprised because we've had a couple of indie presentations prior mm -hmm. to events like PAX that have been like, oh, by the way, here's something that's coming soon. And a game like Maneater um, would definitely shoot up on a lot of people's radar if you're not someone necessarily who follows PAX news all that much, right? But you follow the indie you know, presentations. Mm -hmm you see that and then you start reading about all this PAX news about Maneater and your interest is going to shot, uh, it's going to skyrocket, sorry. Sure. And, you know, hopefully the, the sales of that will be, will be even better. So yeah, just the, the quietness on Nintendo's part. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, I mean, when, when we think about games that are being demoed, Baldur's Gate, uh, three is like a huge reveal for right. this show. Sure. Um, but in terms of other like large, you know, reveals or announcements or things like that not all that much here right. yeah. it's been relatively quiet on, on that it's pretty that. quiet packs in general yeah um yeah. sony dropping out i think is the reason for that it's like there's so much space right and in, in the mean, expo hall. even even with sony dropping out yes there's more room on the floor here we can dance around mm -hmm. um definitely notice that um, but they weren't showing all too much. They were going to show The Last of Us 2. They were going to show that off. But Final Fantasy VII Remake is here. Right. Um, what was some... It's here in full force. But it also like... just feels... It just feels like a like a smaller PAX in yeah. general. Yeah. And not just because of Less Sony. To because see. There's just... And like, usually there's like in Magic Arena that's here. There's like big like tournaments that are going on. And it, it, there's just none of that this year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I have seen, um, you know, a couple of booths for new showings of, of new IPs and things like that. Um, I'm not sure, is the Magic uh, MMO being shown here? It, it's uh, Is it an MMO? There's or a Magic kind of Legends. A... It's I, I think it's more of like a Diablo-esque. Yeah, oh, kind of um, yeah, I think RPG. that might be the, yeah. the one that I'm thinking of, right? So <laughs> that's, that's being shown. That but... is being shown, um, but that's not coming out for a while. A while yeah. So, I mean, they're showing... Some of it, but mm -hmm. it just seems like way too early to be showing that game. Yeah, it looks and, cool though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, on one hand, uh, you know, bigger um, developers, bigger publishers, not really being here might feel like a detriment. But also, I've had a number of great conversations mm -hmm. and seen a number of great games from smaller uh, yeah, devs. Who, definitely. You know, I, I've been you know pretty pleased with that stuff. Um, and also, I guess. Uh, the lack of, uh, you know, bigger publishers has also made me kind of, you know, cross the lines into the tabletop section uh -huh. a little bit. Um, and man, you know, it blows my mind. I just recently played, and I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with it, uh, Gloomhaven for the first time. I am familiar. Not yeah, haven't played. Haven't it, played it yet. But... I mean, it's a, it's a monster of a game. But uh, and I saw also, you know, we were talking about Baldur's Gate. We're talking about Divinity. I saw the Divinity board game. Um, and you know, this concept of now board games that are, that are chapter based mm -hmm. where you continue to come back and you play the same campaign again and again, I'm seeing a lot more of that, you know, on the floor and things like that. But also I did not realize how many tabletop games are taking video game concepts and just turning them into tabletop concepts. Mm -hmm. I bought a, uh, a board game box. You know, just a, a mystery box um, of four different tabletop games, and like the major takeaway that I had was um, this this weird IP that is like 
oh, we're taking 1v1 uh, arcade fighting mechanics and turning it into a tabletop game. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, okay. It works, right? Yeah, well, well, yeah, it does work. And yeah. it, it's pretty cool. But uh, but that is, that is surprising. And so, you know, it's kind of cool to see... Um, to see how tabletop games and how video games really, you know, despite their their differences in, in presentation, um, there is a lot of crossover mm -hmm. in that area. I mean, we, we, we talk about our favorite RPGs. We're talking about, um, you know, Divinity and stuff like that. And so much of that is rooted in tabletop games. It's kind of cool to see how video game concepts are now kind of being integrated back, back. into right. uh, tabletop mechanics. And, you know, I think both scenes are going to grow. They're continuing to grow, obviously. But um, that is just, uh, that's a cool thing to see at a PAX like this. Right. As I've said, the, the tabletop scene just continues to creep into the video game and area. I feel like that was the busiest area. Yeah. Yeah. Every time we'd go over there, you couldn't even move. Yeah. Right. And I mean, you know, uh, Mario or The Legend of Zelda Monopoly is all well and good, but wouldn't it be cool to like play a tabletop game that had Mario or Zelda mechanics integrated into it? Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would even do that, well, it, but it, I've it, seen people do other things like turn fighting games into tabletop mechanics, so I'm it, pretty sure it can happen. It could definitely, definitely happen. Yeah. Um, did you have any disappointments? No, not really. You're pretty just kind of... <laughs> Was there anything that um, you guys uh, wanted to play, but maybe just didn't get a chance to? Maybe Baldur's that, Gate. <laughs> yeah, Baldur's Gate. I, I was hoping they were they were gonna have some kind of like Playable. you were gonna be able to play that demo. Yeah. They didn't even have merch at their booth. I wanted yeah. a Baldur's Gate shirt. Like I wanted everything Baldur's Gate. Um, so in that sense, they disappointed me. <laughs> uh, what was the question? Uh, um, was there something out there that you wanted to get to, but maybe didn't? Oh, I, I did want to play uh, Magic Legends too. Oh yeah, mm. but the line for that was ridiculous. Right. Yeah, and you know that's another just part of being at a con. Mm -hmm. um, that's a con of being at a con. Oh boy. Uh, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> and you write for Switch RPG, yeah, right? I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh so. the puns are check in for more puns at Switch <laughs> RPG. The puns no. are a plenty. Um, but. You know, I heard you guys got uh, your hands on Trials of Mana. Yes. Um, which I'm hoping at some point to, to take a look at. Also, um, again, you know, another game I can't say enough about is uh, coming really soon, April 16th, to Nintendo Switch and all other platforms, Hellpoint. Oh, yes. Small booth um, for Hellpoint, so not a lot of people are getting their hands on it, but you could stand behind them and watch mm -hmm. them and see that... This is, uh, especially for the Switch, which we've had a lot of action RPGs. We've talked about Animus before, oh, yeah. which, you know. <laughs> you and I have both. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's, it's fine. We've got, uh, we've got our Dark Souls, right, which is, which is fine. Um, but Hellpoint is a Souls-like mm -hmm. for the Switch. And it's got, you know, you've got your invade mechanics. You've got your assist mechanics. Um, but it's also, like... Uh, event horizon sci-fi horror right. which that has all of the things that i personally love mm -hmm. so i'm super excited about this i want to get my hands on the game yep um we'll see if that happens today yeah um yeah i think they have only like one or two stations yeah for mm -hmm. hellpoint yeah uh, in their tiny build area yeah i mean it's a tiny tiny area oh, boy, a tiny build area. More, more puns yeah. more puns here sorry um but i think that's gonna actually wrap up today's 
episode, we're actually out of uh, time for the space here. So they're, they're, people are coming in. They're going to kick us out. It's making me nervous. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for uh, joining me. I mean, it's been great to uh, to see both of you guys in real life. In real life. Um, you know, I was kind of, and again, if you if you check my Twitter, um, <laughs> I was creeping on Geo the other day, but uh, but it, it really is cool to to come out here and, you know, I've actually never, I've been to a lot of comic conventions, but I've never been to a, a game centric uh, convention. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's really cool to see how much of a presence we have here. I, I mean, that the community has here, that the, the representation is really cool. And it's, it's great to just see you guys yeah. and realize, hey, we're real know, people. We are real people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you.